trigger warning, this episode of Soul Prince discusses mental health issues and suicide. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Soul Prince podcast. I'm your host, Akashic Beck. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, Soul Prince is dedicated to the pursuit of purpose, whether that is navigating your spiritual awakening, investigating your spiritual gifts, or even discovering your past lives and how they tie into your current one. And I think it's safe to say that your spiritual awakening is synonymous with a healing journey. Um, We, especially as highly sensitive people and empaths, need tools in our toolkit to help us protect and, and reserve our energy for when we actually need it. And how to recover from all of these deep wounds that we carry around. And that is something that my guest and I are going to be talking about today. She is a wonderful, fabulous rainbow warrior light worker. <laughs> she, is, <laughs> she is a therapist who specializes in working with empaths, star seeds, and light workers. And she's also a musician who has an album coming out called The Swan's Journey. Please welcome to the podcast, Miss Taylor Jane Green. Welcome, Taylor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. One thing I should say, I'm not a musician. I'm a spoken, but it, anyway, I'm a spoken word artist, but uh, oh, it's okay. easy to misunderstand that because it, it is. is. Album. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I apologize for that. No, spoken no. word artist. I like that. Yeah, spoken word. And then I had to uh, go and purchase my uh, music for being behind me. Ah, I understand. Okay, well, thank you for clearing that up for me and everybody else. Um, But it's so wonderful to have you on the podcast. I feel like this has come full circle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So just a little bit of background. I have been following Taylor for several years on social media. And I just deeply resonated with everything that she said. Um, I loved her light. I loved her essence and how she conveyed her messages in such a beautiful, loving way. And when I asked her to be on the podcast, I was fangirling a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe she's actually agreeing to do this. This is amazing. So thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. And I can't wait to share you with everybody. Oh, my Oh my yes. goodness. I, I just feel so incredified by, by what you just said. And I almost <laughs> a few times went, oh, really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, please know that it, it is completely 100% genuine. That is truly how I feel. Uh, and I feel like you're a very genuine person. And I want people to, you know, connect with us in a genuine way for sure. Yeah, yeah. So everybody out there, get really authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. yeah, like drop all your guards and all your, your <laughs> whatever it is that we do. Your shield cover. and your sword, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to cover over our, our innate innocence and our uh, inner child and our real heart. Yes, so beautiful. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to be diving deep today. But um, Taylor, please you know, just kind of introduce yourself and um, share about what it is that you do and where you're from. 
Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm just so thrilled to be speaking to all of you wonderful people um, who are into this kind of thing. Uh, as you may notice, we're not exactly in the majority. <laughs> no, not uh, really. Not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, really in our culture. And um, so thank you so much, uh, Akashic Beck, for having me on and being who you are and uh, just everyone out there in the audience. Wow. Um, heart to heart. Our hearts are connected. And this is a time to get real about, uh, you know, our, our journey. So I call myself a starseed therapist. And that, of course, is empaths and highly sensitive people. And I come from my own journey, I guess, to, to give a bit of background. I had a, a nervous breakdown breakthrough when I was 18, uh, which is now in 1990. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh oh, 1970. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, nine, good old right brain. <laughs> um, right, right brain syndrome. Anyway, bless its heart. I love being right brain. 1976. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I would say you're an indigo soul. <laughs> you were one of the first waivers. Well, you know, it's funny. I must be a bit of a mix because I was told by a psychic in 2004 that I, I'm a crystal. Scout. Oh, well, that, yeah. okay. I can totally see that. Uh, and, and that I came in early as a boomer, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I came in in 1957 uh, as, a, as a boomer, as an eternally youthful soul. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so as a crystal scout, and, and I know the indigos kind of kick the door down and, and then the, uh, the crystals can float in and spread all the love and light. And so in a way, I had to become my own indigo um, along the journey of being a crystal, because as a crystal, oh. at, at first I became, I mean, clearly, you know, we have, we have a mix within us often. Many of us do, uh, we're hybrids in that way. But I think Magenta Pixie uh, says she's both indigo and uh, maybe she just says indigo and not crystal. But hmm. to me, she strikes me as a blend. And so along the way, I had to get out those indigo traits of, of those strong boundaries and that sharp discernment. And basically what I was going to say is through the nervous breakdown breakthrough in 1976, I had to learn to uh, become very, and forgive me if I sound a little funny, I just had to put on a brand new headset, which I'm not used to at all. So I'm not hearing myself in the way that I normally do. <laughs> and that's why I'm sort of stumbling over my words. I'm trying to get that's over okay. what I'm listening to. And anyway, I think it might be a bit better right now. So, um, yeah. So in 1976, I had a nervous breakdown breakthrough after a four-year dark night of the soul, mm. which was related to my dad and during our akashic reading uh becca like wow um i can't more highly recommend akashic beck readings because um one of the things that came through you in the reading reading the records was that my father when i asked about his role in my life and what what did i learn from it to my surprise indeed shock and horror at first <laughs> 
was, he was uh, a lighthouse for me. And at first, uh, neither one of us understood what that meant, but that was what was most prominent on my mind uh, back after the reading. And it was because I became so, due to my being an empath, so codependent in relation to him that he wanted me, I was, they were, they were divorced. Uh, I lived with my mother. I loved my mother. My father felt lonely. He was bereft. He was forlorn. I was like the apple of his eye. I was the butterfly. And he wanted some of my life force. And he, mm. of course, came up with all these other reasons why I shouldn't be with my mother and that he could offer me better. And <laughs> of course. Yes. But uh, anyway, so I, I actually ended up staying and I was uh, 14 going on 15, a very young, innocent 14. And uh, I, I stayed because at first I said, no, I, I don't want to, I want to go home. <laughs> I want to go back to Canada with mom. And uh, I was at his parents' farm, beautiful farm in Virginia. And I loved them dearly. And I, I, I cared deeply about my dad. And, um, but bottom line, I was afraid he was going to throw himself off a cliff. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, he went outside and I was worried he was going to commit suicide or something. Anyway, I said I would stay. And then I basically, um, I'm sure he would have been fine, but I'm empathing that he was so crushed. And anyway, I ended up kind of taking my life, so to speak, instead of him taking his. And I went through Dark Night of the Soul. I finally got back to my mother two years into that and then basically ended up having a nervous breakdown, breakthrough wanting to lie down on the bed, which I did uh, at the age of 18, almost going on 19. And I just literally put my hands on my chest as if I was laid out for a viewing. And my, my mother came and said, honey, what's going on? And I said, if I could just disappear, everything would be okay. And of course, I get driven to the psych ward. And thankfully, they didn't keep me. And uh, anyway, it just, I, I woke up, well, basically, I took for Valium, because uh, that's what they gave you in those days. And the minute I took the Valium, it calmed my mind down enough that I feel like my soul could get through to me. And literally, this soul voice came through and said, hi. <laughs> oh, wow. Two things. Don't take another pill and get away from the television. And that's oh. actually when I became suicidal, because television had been my world. And what in me actually listened to that voice, never took another pill, never watched TV again pretty well. Um, but I got over, anyway, I got referred, a great psychiatrist at the psych ward referred me to a woman who turned out to be spiritual, who was a art therapist, a child psychologist. She was perfect for me. I started ranting and raving about society and the billboards and how they didn't care about people. And anyway, she said, why don't you write your thoughts down? And so I started writing and then that turned into performing my writing. And then that turned into um, one woman shows. And I ended up even having uh, years later, a band and uh, my creative expression, but that was my first awakening. And oh, wow. Yeah. However, my mind and my ego got in there. And I felt, of course, I didn't know this at the time, but I felt like, oh, I'm on, you know, this subconsciously, it was like, I'm on Starseed Mission, and I want to 
evoke justice and compassion activism and I want to help people and heal people and serve people. And basically my dreams crashed and burned. So that was like from 1976 to about 1983. It took me about seven years to walk out of that whole journey. It's, it's a very shamanic journey. I mean, four years being in a dark night and then seven years walking out fully to the point of in 1983, sitting at a sidewalk cafe in Toronto and feeling, I think I'm human now. I think I'm back. And then, um, then, then getting more into the performing and getting out there on stage and doing one woman shows and universities. I did shows on, uh, physical and sexual violence against women, but also very much from a point of view of, uh, pro male, pro female, how we're set up against, we're pitted against one another by the matrix and mm. we're, we're divided in our sexual stereotyping straitjackets. And so my whole work was to transcend the battle of the sexes and help people wake up about um, mm. the dark side of pornography and uh, the light side of our hearts and right. all that kind of thing. That That's a whole other rabbit hole right there to, to, <laughs> but to stick with the awakening. But in the meantime, I had a lot of pressure on myself, as I think we as star seeds do. Uh, yes. You know, we come in with strong, high standards. And I had my perfectionist going and my, my inner critic going. And I was on mission, little did I know, inside. And I just really had to, um, meaning little did I know it was star seed mission, because I think that can really compel us. Like, really, we can be hard on ourselves about, like, I got to get my act together and no, I know I'm here to do something. I just don't know what it right. is. Or, or if you do, you know, know what you want to do, you can get crazy about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I relate to that so much. Yeah. And so my mind and my ego, and the reason I put it that way is they took over and then dreams crashed and burned. And then I, in other words, then my second awakening was to get my heart and my soul on board and my heart and my soul were meant to be leading and guiding and tempering and helping maintain reality and perspective. Whereas the mind and the ego will just drive you off the cliff trying to, trying to, you know, workaholism and, and not doing things in proper timing, not being attentive to divine order, divine timing. Right. Um, just a big old distraction. Yeah. And so basically my, my second awakening was in 2002 and oh, that's wow. when I got uh, I got breast cancer, and breast cancer can oh. symbolize that um, I'd forgotten how to nurture myself. I'd forgotten how to nurture my inner child. I had let go of the um, the you know the milk of life, the milk and honey, the land of milk and honey. I I was, and I little did I know it was kind of on autopilot. Uh, and at that time, I was working night shift at a, at a health center, a hospital. And long story short, I, um, I said to God, spirit, universe, okay, if you got me in for a transfer, so be it. I mean, I maintained my spirituality. Uh, but if I, it was, it was like spirit said, look, little do you know, you've been drifting off course. You've been fading your yes to life. And we need you to renew your yes to life. And there's nothing like life and death stuff and choice and, and that, you know, that moment of truth to, to get one back into, okay, 
what's really important here that my dreams right. crash, crashed and burned or me living at all and life itself and that's what got my heart and soul knocking at the door and then i discovered oh wait a minute there's a whole other mission here there's a whole other story there's a whole other something going on other than oh taylor jane green wants to go out and be this spoken word artist with music this performance artist and put out albums that soothe and heal and uplift and um nurture and empower and inform people there's a whole other story which is the heroic journey of the soul there's my soul growth there's what i'm learning lessons for so to hop back briefly to my dad being a lighthouse lesson number one was codependency will mm. kill me and yeah. so evidently according to our reading the reading with you i had spent you know lifetimes lost in a fog and in in the dark cold choppy waters as the ship you know approaching the the lighthouse approaching the rocks and the lighthouse is letting the ship know you know where is land and where are the rocks and so him playing that role you know loving me enough at a soul level to play the bad guy down here so to speak mm -hmm. uh, which he did i won't go into all the details but basically that eventually woke me up big time to wow i i can't give my life away to try and save somebody else right and that was just a huge uh wake up call lighthouse moment in during of lifetimes because up until then mm -hmm. you know how it is you're just you're just so enmeshed and you're so entangled in the belief systems of you think it's selfish to love yourself or it's it's selfish right. to have boundaries right especially i feel like as women that's um particularly true Oh, yeah. Um, because we have, you know, just this innate sensitivity about us, or most of us do, and uh, <clears throat> not to stereotype, but we also, like, I, I think the word is interdependence, like, is, is kind of demonized in our society, like, oh, the giving mother who devotes every waking moment to her children and her spouse and, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, yes, that's wonderful, but also she needs to do the same thing for herself. And somewhere along the way, it's almost like we've been stripped of our own inner sovereignty because we're supposed to just continuously give that away. And like you said, it can make us sick. It can make us um, have a nervous breakdown, <laughs> you know, but yeah. we have to relearn how to love and parent and nourish ourselves. Absolutely. And I think a huge component there is that our society, and again, the matrix, and I think the more that many of us wake up to the, the little man behind the curtain, <laughs> right? Wizard of Oz, you know, just right. use that, that archetype. You happen to be a man in that one. But basically, um, the more that we wake up to the red pill, the rabbit hole, the whatever's going on behind the scenes, um, we, we realize that the matrix set uh, men and women up, women and men up to, to be these certain things. So in other words, from a very young age, a female is trained to be and programmed to be, expected to be, encouraged to be an emotional care taker, caregiver. There's a difference between those two terms, but mm -hmm. to everyone around her. Yes. And the male is, you know, good boys don't cry. Right. And then how do you expect them to feel 
and right. good girls don't get angry, well, then how do you expect her to be real? Hence, right. you know, this flaming, uh, you know, the, the term of bitch used so <laughs> freely in our culture, right? You yeah. know, well, because it's like shaming women for having boundaries and anger. And I know a lot of people, they try and co-opt it back and make it, uh, you know, make it um, co-opt that word back and, and make empower it and stuff. But bottom right. line, you know, we don't have an equal term for men, <laughs> you know. And, no. You know, I mean, recently I saw a political discussion where, you know, they were criticizing certain male leaders, but there was never any kind of under the, under the under the table name calling with the men but the minute it was women leaders suddenly now we 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 bring out the term bitch kind mm -hmm. of thing. and anyway the all of these things are completely unconscious bless us all we're just so we're just waking up to that um, yeah and we've been conditioned just as a society to um you know these ideologies have been inflicted on us since birth and we've been trying to contend with them and we think oh well everybody else is doing it it's fine it's normal it's acceptable <laughs> you know and, and wow so did you ever articulate that brilliantly I just have to say the part of me that adores and admires words that was so well put right there <laughs> wow I, I have my moments. <laughs> you sure do. I'll have to have you on my podcast when I get inspired to get one. Yes. I am by you. Oh gosh. I will be a faithful listener when that happens for sure. But so, okay. So you had, you've had more than one awakening then. Um, and I don't think many people realize that that's a thing. Um, just like right. you can have, <laughs> you can have multiple dark nights of the soul as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a spiral. You know, sometimes we think we're chasing our own tail or we're oh, going yeah. in circles, but we're not. It's like the staircase up that lighthouse. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's why it, it's so important to realize that, you know, the only constant in life is change and to really learn how to embrace change and know that the heroic journey of the soul is it's it's never ending and the stakes are high so you got to stay on your toes hence the importance of of self-care and learning to nurture ourselves which i'll you know go into later but and i know some of your questions are going to go there but but basically we're, we're spiraling up that staircase in layers we're getting stronger and more and more conscious and more and more mm -hmm. empowered and yeah and that's a beautiful wonderful thing but in doing so, we have to contend with a lot of chaos and a lot of pushback from, you know, just people who are not ready to hear these things and they're not ready to accept it. Yeah, it, it's, it's really huge that we learn to understand that what we, what we, what we be comes and I'm going, I'm going to go there in a minute, but I just want to complete the uh, about the the breast cancer and how that woke me up to yes. the soul. And so to me, the heroic journey of the soul is basically what you were doing is no longer working. And then you go on your journey, which can mm -hmm. feel like a birth canal, mm -hmm. and it can be very challenging, and you go through initiations. And one definition of initiation is that you are challenged to develop new skill sets in order to handle those challenges and then once yes. you do and you become that new person and you return to the world so to speak you 
um, you have your gift to give and you become the gift yourself, actually. Uh And and that's a really important point. It's not like, oh, I came back with this or that skill. You know, now I'm a Reiki therapist or something, or I'm a, I'm a leadership in some realm of society. It's you come back with a new self-possession, a new self-love ability, a new skill set of self-care, a new skill set of boundaries, of perspective on what's really important in life. You come back with a new set of priorities. And to me, what I came through after the breast cancer was joy is my biggest job on earth because joy is the highest vibration. And when I say, and this is a vibratory face-off going on on earth right now, make no Mm -hmm. mistake. It's absolutely, it's vibrational. It has to do with energy. The one way that every single one of us as an individual can impact the entire world. You know, you can become a great best-selling author, you can be a Gandhi, or you can do whatever, and but still, you're really only reaching that many out of seven, eight billion people. But you reach every single person when you shift your frequency, when you shift your vibration, because we're all con- connected by the energy in the quantum field. Yes. And so to me, what a light worker is here to do, what a star seed is here to do is to do whatever keeps your joy. And when I say joy, I don't mean like, oh, happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's, fake happy all the time. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's that depth and breadth of the, the deep joy you feel when, oh, wow, I have a cold. I'm going to have to just accept that and let go yeah. of my workaholism thing right now and just rest. And then you're yes. just embracing your fragility, your weakness, or oh, wow, I'm really angry right now. Let me really stand by my own side with that. And let me, you know, honor that part of me and all those different voices that need to be heard and loved too, who may be angry, who may be sad, who may be anxious. Like for instance, today before this podcast, I got really nervous. And when I didn't (laughs) used to know, when I used to be unconscious about that, I went, Taylor, you're nervous, right? And then the minute I could just tenderly hold that and accept that, then my joy came back. But if I got all riddled out about it, then my joy goes away. So to me, joy is about embracing. It's a depth thing. It's like the depths of the ocean. Happy can be the little ripples on top. And, you know, that can go up and down and come and go. But Mm -hmm. the joy is that deep self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-nurturing. Yes. So... To, to sum all that up, you would say that part of your purpose, because we all have more than one, yeah. is that um, you're here to exude joy. Yeah, and, and, and yes, I mean, to, to be a vibration, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to Lee Harris interviewing Anita mm. Morjani, which I cannot more highly recommend that. She has a new book called uh, Sensitive is the New Strong. And she's oh yes, who wrote "Dying to Be Me," and it's all about empaths and yes, um, basically. Uh, and you see, I said all that. Me, I have ADHD, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> and um, which is just fine. You know, what is it attuned to higher dimensions? But basically, um, reason I brought her up is 
Oh, well, went away. That's okay. See, there's the joy, keeping the joy too. It's like, oh, well, okay, it went away. If it's important, it'll come back. Yes. So uh, we were just discussing how one of your purposes is joy. And oh, I know. Thank joy. you. Yeah, exuding yes. joy. So one thing she said is that often we think we're going to be selfish if we, if we do self-love. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, when we don't have a lot of self-love, it's a lot of self-nurturing that we've got this like ferocious, this is me adding this part with ferocious mm-hmm. inner critic. We're unconscious of our inner critic voice. We're unconscious of our inner perfectionist voice. We let our thoughts uh, get us into negative feelings against ourselves so easily. And I work with it every day myself in my own mm-hmm. little psyche. And then what happens is if we have small joy, if we have small don't know how to nurture and fill ourselves up and reassure ourselves and you're doing great and look at all you did instead of saying oh god I only got this much done in the hour with the cleaning out the closet but rather say look at all you did and you don't really like cleaning out the closet but you did so the minute we get that nurturing cheerleader voice our energy field our aura she said actually gets bigger Meaning, Mm. if you're not good at self-love and self-care and boundaries, your field is not very big. And hence, you're not actually uplifting those around you. And that if we run around trying to take care of everyone else's feelings and make everyone else happy, we're actually coming from a depleted place, which really isn't the most empowering at all for them. Right, right. Even though they might complain if we withdraw that type of support. (laughs) <laughs> but if recently um i'm a, a big fan of tiktok uh, more so than i probably should <laughs> oh. and uh and um which we'll talk about that in a moment however they say shift your perspective from oh i have to go to the grocery store or i have to run all these errands or i have to do this if say i get to do this yeah um that shifts your vibration so drastically yes. um and it it increases your serotonin levels your dopamine just all of the the good good chemicals and <laughs> in, in your brain um that signal you like it, as if you're doing something that you truly truly enjoy yeah. um and it's not necessarily being fake it's just that you know you are choosing to live a life focused on gratitude instead of servitude yeah Oh, I love that. Right? I was like, yes. Okay, I have to clean the bathroom. You know, I get to clean the bathroom, you know? <laughs> yeah, as opposed, you know, I mean, believe me, I have been so stressed. I had, uh, I remember going through time in my life after the second awakening. It doesn't mean, you know, we, we're not still challenged to, to get better and better at our skills and fine tune them and get them more and more embodied and solid. Mm-hmm. Um but I remember having such a stressful time and knowing gratitude is the only thing that could, that perspective, that choice, that of attitude of gratitude was all that I, could pull me out of this, mm-hmm. um, this high, 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 crazy, crazy anxiety, stress that I was in due to financial situation, et cetera, many things. And um, I would literally say, uh, thank you that I can see some people cannot see. They do not have their vision. Thank you right. that I can walk. Some people cannot walk. They need a wheelchair. 
thank you that I have a hot shower. A lot of people do not have a hot shower. So that's what, you know, the hot shower made me think about you saying, I get clean the bathroom. And, and, and the other thing is about, okay, am I going to be a slave driver or can I take breaks while I clean the bathroom or can I play the music I like while I clean the bathroom? It's all about how can I make it more fun? Right. Anything we can do. I mean, and once again, in that same breath, you know, having fun raises your vibration, you know, um, and making things a little more palatable <laughs> raises your vibration, you know, it, and it helps motivate you to get what you need to do done. Oh, it, it's so true. You know, Sark, S-A-R-K, she was interviewed by Lee Harris as well on his podcast. And uh, Yes, and I'm he, a big fan of Lee as well. I've been following him for a long while. Oh, wow. Wow. And I remember I went to a workshop with her in person in Toronto years ago, and she said, all right, everybody. All right, you know, get out. Of, here's, they handed out pens and paper, and she said, I want you to write three things with your magic marker in the color you chose on this paper. And the first one is, I am enough. And she goes, and I want you to misspell enough. I want you to, I want you to put E-N-U-F <laughs> for enough. And she goes, I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. Those three sentences. And she goes, number one, I want you to misspell it and spell it wrong because let's get rid of the inner perfections right away. And then she mm. said, I'm going to tell you a secret. And the secret is the way to actually clean out that closet that you've been wanting to clean out for years and you keep procrastinating and then you live in this lower vibration around it every time you think about it. And it's this weight. And that stuff is weight. All of the things that we burden ourselves through our inner critic, inner perfection, but oh, I got to get to that. I believe, don't get me wrong, there's all kinds of things I'm putting off doing and that I haven't done yet. And I don't do everything you know, to this day, you know, as quickly as a part of me thinks maybe I should, but I've gotten rid of all that. I should do it. It's like, I'll get to it when I get to it. But with the closet, she said, one way to start that process. And now actually my closets are pretty clean because of this is she said, make a date with yourself, write it down if that helps you. And Sunday at two o'clock, I'm going to open the closet door. And then she said, and then close it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then yes. she said, and then say, wow, I accomplished what I set out to do. What I said I would do, I did. And she goes, now the next time you set up a date with yourself, then I'm going to clean out the closet, but I only get to clean it out for five minutes. And I'm going to be watching. It's only five minutes. And so it went on like that. I, I, okay, I'm only going to take one thing at a time. You know how you look in and you grab this and you grab that and then you can get all confused, especially if you are attuned to higher dimensions. ADHD. <laughs> and so she said, what the purpose of that is to make it okay. It is to give yourself joy at that. You accomplished it. You're giving yourself a sense of accomplishment that I said, I'd only do it for five minutes. And I did, or I said, I would just take one thing at a time, even though that's a discipline and deal with one thing at a time then it becomes kind of like a meditation. And the next thing you know, you're really enjoying it. And then, well, do I get, can I do five more minutes? And it's incredible how uh, that kind of thing can just change our life. Absolutely. Like just small baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
you know, it's funny, we're talking about, you know, being perfect in our imperfection and getting rid of the lie that is perfection. <laughs> and I'm out here and I'm like with my dogs in my backyard and right. <laughs> recording right. a podcast and a, a helicopter flew overhead and my dogs are barking and birds are chirping and... <laughs> and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna embrace the chaos because (laughs) let's keep it real like like let's keep it authentic let's say hey guess what I'm recording this on my back porch it's fine you know you're we're still getting the message across um and I apologize to all of my neurodivergent friends who are probably can't focus on anything else but that (laughs) oh yeah but this is um this is I'm keeping it real you know we're all we're all we're going to keep it real on soul prints and we're going to embrace our authenticity today with Miss Taylor Jane Green because she's just keeping it real with us and we appreciate that (laughs) so thank you so much for sharing that story um I think it's you know everybody's story has meaning and is purposeful and powerful and I just love hearing them all um so on to my next question for you um so I want to talk a little bit more about you know your um therapy practice and what are some ways that empaths and light workers and starseeds and these sensitive souls can facilitate healing for themselves like on a daily basis yeah wow well number one you just said it we all have this incredibly important purpose and to me it, and story everyone has their own story and to me number one we need to suddenly go from just feeling like a muddled mess Uh, Even if we don't have a good memory about our past, and many don't, and that's fine. But to start to reframe our life as a story, to realize, oh my gosh, I'm involved in a story. Yes. It has archetypes in it, the archetypes that are within me and what archetypes are. So for instance, you clearly have a, a mother archetype in you. You know, you are a mother. Mm-hmm. and uh, meaning you're a good mother. Some people, you know, they're, they're not into being a mother, even though they may be, have, have children. I, I have a mother archetype in me, not for children. I never had children, but uh, to nurture and nourish my clients and anyone, my friends, and, and to also yes. receive that and learn how to receive that back. Yes. So, And I think it's important to, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, but I think in. it's important that that you share that with people because um I feel like a lot of times especially women are tied like if if they had trouble um conceiving or if they never had children I feel like there's an essence of shame from society like oh you're gonna regret not having kids and um you know and not being able like having fertility issues makes you feel like less than and very um hard on yourself and frustrated because you feel like it's something wrong with you um on a level that nothing else can really quite compare to um so I think it's important that you shared that that you know you um never had children and you were never married also correct correct yeah never married never I was close to the altar twice (laughs) (laughs) when I was uh, about 21 and then again when I was uh, I guess about 38, mm-hmm. um, I was fiancéed, uh, but 
you know, actually I have a lot in the 12th house, which when you have a lot in your chart and I personally see matrix has made fun of astrology. To me, it is the language of God or spirit of the universe. It's mm. the planets are as connected to nature as we are connected to nature. In other words, yes. it, it's all this divine matrix, not the false matrix. Yes. Um, and the falsity that's being created around us right now via their main foghorn, <laughs> yeah, is, uh, which is the you know the media that the one percent pretty well own and control, and that's why there's all this censorship right now too to to lock out and stop out any other other voices that have a different opinion. So basically, I have a lot in the twelfth house in my astrology chart, the blueprint that I came in with. And I just mm -hmm. shared with you my human design blueprint, which is another awesome system of understanding ourselves. Yes. So um, I, I believe that this life for me, I mean, I'm now 63 going on 64. Well, 63 going on 21, really. <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> you know, you meet Age older people sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And they're younger than, you know, uh, everything about them. In fact, by the way, I had one, this guy once said, Taylor Jane, you need to understand there's three different ages. There's your, your biological age. There's your um, physical age, like your health, physical age. And mm. there is your mental age. Oh, that's so and, wise. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's so so true because we can have a lot of ageism in this culture. You know, often Absolutely. people equate old people with old thinking, and nothing could be further from the truth. And in, in many respects, in in yes. many ways, getting older, if you're taking care of yourself, or you just and or having good luck or whatever, can be a lot more youthful and easeful and enjoyable than I mean, my God, I was running around so harried in my twenties and thirties, so I felt ancient often, but. Uh, so about oh god there i went off again There's it's people. okay it's, it's partially my fault <laughs> I'm, it's no my I'm, fault. I'm so but, stimulated by all your but so getting back to the story so yeah so, so this lifetime for me and yes. not getting married was yes um me it's it's a review and reflection lifetime uh one idea about astrology is that the first you know, the first 11 houses, you're really out on the game board living all this stuff. And then if you happen to have a chart where you've got a lot in the, the 12th house, the 12th house is the, the house of, you know, either the asylum or the prison or the monastery, depending on how you experience it and what you do with it. And so in the monastery, you get space and time to review and reflect. So I knew at a young age, I didn't want to have any kids. Um, and I wasn't really that crazy about getting married either. And even though, you know, I always wanted a solid long time partner, which in this life I haven't gotten yet. <laughs> uh, I had a long, a lengthy, wonderful one. That I'm very grateful for, but mm -hmm. basically um, it's a time of review and reflection for the soul and, and a resolving of a lot of karmic contracts. So you're, you're meeting a lot of people and mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're visiting a lot of, different spaces and places in life to to wrap a lot of stuff up. And that's certainly been the case for me. And that's why I'm so fascinated by the the life journey, the human condition, the human story. So when mm -hmm. we are empaths and sensitives, of course, number one, 
uh, I want to start with. We need to know that we're a part of a very sacred story and we really are a family. And for many, we understand that as we are starseeds. And uh, whether you understand that simply as you're a spiritual person or you believe in soul or you connect to spirit, to source, but basically we, we, we are a highly sensitive soul family and we're often six sensory beings walking around in a five sensory world. And right. we need to learn how to navigate that with great strategy. You know, I even have like affirmations I say as a part of my rosary. I call it my rosary, like a rose, a wreath, mm. you know, the order of the rose, but yes. basically the order of love, of upliftment, of healing for humanity. And so one of the things is, you know, I, I just joke around with myself and I say, be courteous in Muggleville. You know, Harry Potter, Muggles, right? The wizards and wizards got born into Muggleville. Be courteous in Muggleville with fierce boundaries. Let them be them and take care of you. Yes. Um, Know what you know. Like, to me, a huge part of it is learning to trust our instinct and intuition to have come from that solidity of confidence. And then, um, as we, we trust that, so... You know, I know what I know about others. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go blind to it. Oh, don't think that about them. Well, guess no. what? You know, you're usually right. And, oh, but that means that. But it, then when we just drop our standards of, oh, for somebody to be, you know, not a nice person in certain ways or to have a fragmented psyche or to be unconscious at times and therefore dangerous to us or to not live up to the character standards we would like somebody or the heart standards it's like when we drop all of the, you know, rules and regulations in our own mind about that and think they are who they are and it's perfect where they are, that's all good. And <laughs> I need to know the truth about this person. Like, I really wish my mother told me the truth about my dad, but mm-hmm. she thought, oh, I, don't, I don't want to say anything nasty about my, your father to, you know, my daughter. Right. And, but she kind of set me up as a sitting duck. And I think often as we as empaths and HSPs, we can be sitting ducks when we're trying to have this forced uh, rose-colored glasses way of seeing everyone without mm-hmm. knowing, no, you can see with sharp discernment who's who and, right. who's what and how they really are, and then just hold them in love and neutrality at an arm's distance. And so one of the things I say in my rosary is, um, you know, know what, I know what I know. I know what I need based mm-hmm. on honoring, oh, who are you? Well, how do I find that out? I find out how a certain person makes me feel or how a certain situation makes me feel. And mm-hmm. then I honor that instead of invalidating it. And I go, okay, know what you know about them and that and out there. And then know what, know what you need, who you are in here, and then mm-hmm. be willing to go without. You don't have to go to the party. You don't have to even go to the family gathering. Or when you, if you go, do go to the family gathering, you don't have to talk to so-and-so at length. Or you don't have to tell everybody, you know, all your business. And I used right. to feel like, oh, I, I was always explaining everything to everybody. I felt obligated. And, uh, and now I realize, no, boundaries are great. And uh, it, don't be so hard on yourself, Taylor. Learn small talk. That's all right. Share your heart. You don't need to let anybody in inappropriately. Right. So just protecting what is sacred. Yeah, and learning you're you are sacred and it's a sacred story. Yes. And often when we 
look at our story and we see what the soul lessons are. There's an awesome book called um, The Heroes Within by Carol Pearson. Mm. It talks about the different stories archetypally that we come in to live. And of course, Carolyn Mace has her um, Carolyn Miss. I'm just double checking the name of that book. Yeah, for Taking sure. a look at it right here. Yes, a big fan of Carolyn Miss. Yeah, and yeah, sure. it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's Awakening the Heroes Within. Ah, yes. Okay. By Carol Pearson, Awakening the Heroes Within. So there are certain human stories. So this is one reason I feel so blessed to work with people because the human journey to me it's so poignant. Mm. and everything happens for a reason. And so one way, another way, huge way to empower ourselves as starseeds, says the starseed therapist, (laughs) to empower (laughs) ourselves as empaths and highly sensitives is to know that what we be becomes. And what I mean by that Mm. is paying attention to our frequency. And frequency means how frequently do we Gently get our mind to tame our inner critic, to tame our inner perfectionist, to learn how to nurture, encourage, cheerlead ourselves. So the higher my frequency goes, my vibration goes. So because then my law of attraction, then the universe will allow to attract things that more at that frequency, at that higher place, giving the best chance for the best things to come in, as is um, in alignment with my heart and soul. And often we think, oh, I want this, I want that. Well, that could be the mind and the ego. But when you just surrender to what is, I want what is highest, what's going to give me joy? <laughs> and right. even, even Abraham Hicks, when pushed to the wall, what they say is search, look for relief, whatever, whatever thought gives you relief. That's mm. what the heart wishes for. And, right. and that's, it's, a, it's not so much your head, oh, I want this. Well, maybe you want this because other people told you you should want it but right you go for relief and you that's your heart and your soul so what we be comes so managing our frequency based on being true to what gives us joy um and the other thing when we are you know madly like you said things are chaotic things are crazy things are challenging it's a whole journey of the soul i mean the whole idea of being a light warrior and remaining awake is warriors are they have stamina and endurance and the the true battle of the spiritual warrior is the the battle within learning how to allow all your parts all your different aspects of self to sit at the table and to every voice deserves to be loved and heard and and just really learning to make friends with all parts of you especially the inner child or heart yes so much yes and so one way to do that when you're actually you know in the harem scarum like oh my god i'm out here on the game board and life is crazy and i'm feeling challenged and it's easy to feel like a victim and i'm, I'm sinking into victim consciousness is to use what i call the three golden key questions and they are how is this situation, circumstance, relationship, synchronicity, everything happens for a reason. How is this my perfect teacher? Question mark. Mm. <laughs> How is this meant to strengthen and empower me? 
Mm. Question mark. How is this for me and not against me? How can I, in other words, how can, how can I make this for me and not against me? Do I love myself enough to turn this around, to care enough about myself enough to not play victim or, or think I'm the victim? And, and victim, of course, we are victims to certain circumstances. And I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about it's not what happens to you. It's how you happen to what happens. Oh, wow. I love that. And, and when so we, powerful. And when we really claim that sovereignty, that empowerment, that personal agency, that self-determination, and that's that stuff of the warrior, right? The warrior is determined. The warrior has stamina. The warrior yes. has elk medicine. Yes. Endurance. And, and that, you know, because years ago, people said to Matthew Fox, the radical priest who was excommunicated from the Vatican because he had a woman who happened to be a Wiccan practitioner, Starhawk, on his faculty at Oakland. Um, you know, anyway, uh, he, he, he would get faulted for using the term warrior. Well, that's not very spiritual. And he said, on the contrary. Mm-hmm. You need to have stamina and endurance to remain awake yes. in this world, to Absolutely. Uh, continue to be resilient and to keep uh, rolling with the punches and, and learning to go with the flow and learning how to love yourself and nurture yourself through everything. And Christopher Witecki of Serious Joy, S-I-R-I-U-S, like the planet, SeriousJoy.com, mm-hmm. cannot more mm-hmm. highly recommend him. He's my daily pep talk every day. Oh. Is um, uh, and believe me, I always say to people: if you get on Serious Joy uh, subscription service, ignore everything for the first month and just listen to the pep talk. Because otherwise, often people uh, and, and listen to the pep talk when you're doing the dishes or when you're taking your walk or you're, I do it when I'm brushing my teeth. I'm doing something else and it's just sort of floating in. And ignore all the astro language if if, if astrology isn't just focus on his psychological spiritual pep talk. <laughs> um, he's like a spiritual cheerleader like crazy. But um, what? Oh, God. Okay, went into all that. And it'll come back. <laughs> Thank That's God okay. you're here, Beck. <laughs> Thank God I'm always talking to someone when this happens. So then they remind me. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so asking ourselves, um, you know, the questions and about being a spiritual warrior. Right. Right. And it's still eluding me. That's okay. <laughs> this you is know so what? funny because probably somebody out in audience land is going, oh, my God, here's what it was about. I wish I could jump through the podcast and tell you, Taylor Jane. Um, I've done that okay. when I listen to podcasts. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I know. I got it. Okay. Good, so what good, he good. says is keeping yourself supported on the inside is the real job. So what he focuses on, and to me, this is what empaths and sensitives and starseeds and all of us need to really get down, is that it's never about your relationship with what's happening out there. It's never about that. The core, the lens, the anchor, the lighthouse, the speedboat, (laughs) up and out of victim consciousness, those deep, dark, cold, 
choppy waters of victim consciousness is to know that it's about how what is your relationship with yourself your own heart your own mind your own anger your own sadness your own fear my nervousness before the podcast am i taking care of me am i taking Mm. care of baby inner child inner baby am i relaxing and nurturing my feelings first you know in relation to that challenging person or this am i learning am i using to to and am i giving myself permission right to use the boundaries of space and time to soothe and sort myself or am i running at breakneck speed in reaction and to others in knee jerk reaction to others requests and or am i even just taking like Lee Harris will say in just that five minutes, <laughs> that right. you take a breath and you just step back for a minute and you tune in with yourself, your relationship with yourself. That's the real power place. And I mean, yes. this is going to sound nuts, but I've even, I've got this relationship with myself thing down so much after about a year and a half of Christopher <laughs> that I, I, I saw, this is going to sound crazy. Okay. No, nobody, all right. Nobody's listening. Okay. Don't listen. No. <laughs> But I was in the dollar store this morning and I saw a card. I was getting a card for somebody's birthday and I saw the little kid birthday cards. And one of them was this sweet little sparkling thing for a one-year-old. And of course Uh they spelled it like O-N-E, you know, that you are Mm -hmm. wonderful. So it was like, oh, you are, isn't that cute? You are wonderful. And, you know, I thought I'm going to get that card for myself. And, And I do, I get cards for myself. I don't, you know, I just put them like I don't necessarily sign them or anything, and I mm-hmm. might use them for somebody else later. But I'll just set it out on the table. The other one was uh, supposed to be like from a wife to a husband or husband to a wife. In my marriage, Christopher talks about an M.E. marriage as opposed to oh, marriage. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I it was this coffee and this silver spoon or whatever, and it said, "You are my everything." So I put that out. <laughs> you are my everything. So it's like I'm having this whole. Um, inner relationship with different parts of me, the inner child, the mm-hmm. inner partner. I mean, in, in, in esoteric uh, spiritual mastery, it's about hieros gamos, H-I-E-R-O-S-G-A-M-O-S, hieros gamos, which is union of the divine masculine and the divine feminine, where your own inner prince takes his sword of love and light and protects your own inner princess, your feelings, your needs, your sensitivities. When Mm. you get that down, oh my goodness, you are a force to be reckoned with. You become a force of nature. Oh my God. I love that so much. It's like, where were you? 15 years ago, you know, I I was probably struggling your way right alongside (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Well, I think all of that is super duper helpful and beautiful. Um, I love the marriage. He's got a million things like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, anything uh, I love sharing about other podcasts and books and people to listen to. I mean, because anything that we can do to empower and help ourselves and everybody's got their own magical, unique point of view. And I think it's important that we honor all of those points of view and 
the minute that you this would be my piece of advice to empaths and light workers the minute that you find someone who acts acts like and claims to have all of the answers is somebody that you need to stay away from big time big time and there's a lot of them out there and there's been mm-hmm. great infiltration into the um, light worker community oh yes by the powers that were because mm-hmm. they are they are on their way out absolutely yes vibrationally and energetically due to the light codes that are hitting the planet right now they will mm. not be able to sustain but they're sure giving it a run for their money right now they don't want to give that power up <laughs> no they don't and there are a lot of the uh you know people who will approach you and criticize what you say on social media or even try and be a client or pretend that they want to be a client and yes. they're really just out to uh to freak you out and i mean that's the other thing anita more johnny and lee harris talked about is often we as empaths and sensitives hence her new book sensitive is the new strong we mm. must learn these uh self-care techniques if we want to step into a greater leadership role yes on earth which is needed we we you know currently we have a lot of very insensitive and narcissistic people who have yes. not the best interests of humanity uh at heart and so we need to get strong enough to protect our own inner self as we've just been speaking of for a while um prior so that we can step into our leadership roles and and just let the criticism and stuff and know that look you know you could be dealing with somebody who's just infiltrated trying to contaminate trying to take down trying to create division i mean clearly that's what's going on out there to turn everybody against each other and get everybody distracted with lower fear vibrations hatred vibrations and that's why a huge role of the star seed empath sensitive light worker right now is to hold that unity consciousness in mind to visualize and affirm new earth see people laughing oh. and and i personally say major uh kickass decrees every morning <laughs> you know waking you know i am my i am presence and um i invoke yes. the awakening of humanity and in peace joy love wisdom strength and courage and the violet flame and all of these wonderful things that we can use you know saying yes how does it go transmute transmute by the violet fire all causes and cores not of spirit's desire i am mm. a being of cause alone that cause is love the sacred tone um again patricia cota c o t a robles r o b l e s she's got a lot of great stuff that there are things that we can kick our concern for the planet into with the potency of our vibration to literally transform we we know we all have heard the power of prayer the fact that in i don't know it was 1994 or sometime in washington dc and the head of police said oh you know you guys the only thing that'll get the crime rate to go down 20% is if uh the temperature goes down 20%. So in the hottest uh, month of August of the year in DC when the crime rate would normally go up there were these meditators that set the intention to meditate together in peace for peace and the crime rate went down 23%. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this incredible is real. And this is what heart math, M-A-T-H, heartmath.org, heartmath.org. You know, the heart has a magnetic field, 5,000, not 500, 5,000 times stronger than the magnetic field of the brain. That's why the matrix wants to keep us all up in the head. Yes. That's why they have to do the constant mind control and brainwashing through the media through repetition. Yes. Because that's why the big that's why the big mission now is to go into your heart, your own instincts, your own intuition. Trust yourself. Don't don't cave to peer pressure. Because right. the heart is our inner GPS. It's the quantum computer. And that's another reason that women have been so sexualized and pornocized in our in the matrix is because mm-hmm. we associate man with the head and woman with the body mm-hmm. and so what are they trying to do they're trying to make a piece of meat or a tool for the pleasure of others that we would see ourselves that way we would see our own bodies that way we would see each other that way the same sex the opposite sex it, that lens because the heart is the sacred jewel inside the sacred temple of the body. The heart is not in the head. It's in the body. So you've got to diss the body. Most of our swear words are about body parts and body functions. Mm -hmm. So diss the body to get rid of the heart because the heart's the way out. Yes. And put the head, which is just a little jalopy that's meant to enact. Your mind is meant to enact what your heart is leading and guiding. And one thing Christopher says if your heart wants it, your soul's behind it. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. I love that saying. That is so beautiful and powerful. It reminds you, like, how, you know, being heart-centered is the way. Yep. And yeah. also, I just want to say that, um, to that end, that's another reason why being sensitive has been seen and and called a weakness mm-hmm. you know being emotional and sensitive and oh you know women are the weaker sex and oh um, yeah oh yeah and how oh the you know it logic prevails all the time you know we're, we're we do live too much in our minds um and i mean of course our minds are powerful and they do serve a purpose for sure um you know, and it's just like I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I said, well, you know, um, we're, we're not meant to live in our ego, but our ego plays a part Yeah. in that it keeps us from walking out in traffic and sticking our finger in light sockets. You know, <laughs> It's meant to protect our body, you know, but, but um, making all of our decisions through that isn't always the way. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, I, uh, I would personally say um, I may be going out on a limb to say this. I might think of an exception later, but to me, of course, uh, the, the, it really is the heart and the soul that need to make the decisions. Just like when yes. I went to Sedona on my surrender journey, gave up my home, all my possessions, two suitcases to my name, a little over 2000 in the bank. Uh, you know, my mind and my logic never would have allowed me to go. And right. It, it was the best thing. In the world for me, it, uh, I, I just through that surrender and that faith, which is during my Kashuk reading with you, 
it turned out that's a huge lesson that I'm meant to be confirming, reviewing and confirming that I really know it this lifetime after those other two lifetimes where I was learning that about. And that's the heart and the soul, the faith, the trust, uh, the mind and the ego. I mean, forget it. Like they're valuable tools. They're yes. tools. They're not the leader. They're not the decision. Right. So they they have you you have to have a healthy respect for them, yes. but um, they don't need to be driving your car, so to speak. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So powerful and wonderful, um, <laughs> Taylor. I have absolutely adored this, and I would love to have you back on my podcast too. Another time, if you oh, are eight, sure, we could. Oh man, whatever else, <laughs> we could probably we could probably talk for literally hours yeah. <laughs> about about so many things. Um, but one more question that I have for you is: um, please share one piece of advice uh, for those who are undergoing a spiritual awakening at this time, because there are so many. Um, just, you know, sweeping across the board. It is, it is in real time. It is happening. What is the biggest piece of advice that you could offer them as they navigate these choppy waters? Yeah, that's so, such a good question. Um, mainly to know you're right on track. You're right on path. You're simply being activated and, to know that you're going through a birthing process. You are no longer a caterpillar. You are now maybe feeling like the mush <laughs> um, in the uh, cocoon yes. and that you will become this amazing butterfly. And the way to make it the most useful for yourself is to trust and uh, to honor the process, to honor mm. your journey, to understand that you are um, on a journey and that's why i call it the swan journey which is what my work around my character um swan is and that's why i want to put out this soothing uplifting spoken word work via yes. album with 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 healing ambient music basically um i have a line in one of my pieces uh it starts off by saying fuzzy dice hanging from the rear view mirror <laughs> happy go lucky or die Ooh. and it really is like you know crickets I always said when I want to grow up I want to be Jiminy Cricket and I never really understood that till quite recently that I looked crickets up finally and crickets are luck and when you be happy when you learn that joy when you learn that self-care that accepting that oh my goodness I'm having a nervous breakdown breakthrough or oh my goodness I'm not in Kansas anymore and that you <laughs> love yourself through that that you trust and respect yourself through that that you receive help that you pray for help I had someone yesterday telling me that during this um, pandemic uh, that or this world situation we're in right now mm -hmm. that she you know began self-cutting again and her eating disorder came back and she had suicidal ideation but she and then she just completely transformed that uh and i said how did you you're just doing great now 
and not a whole lot has changed. And she said, I prayed to God. I prayed to the angels, you know, whether you pray to spirit or source or the universe or the goddess or, but you, or Buddha or whoever it's, mm-hmm. um, she just asked for help. So that's the other thing, you know, whether it's your spirit guides, your power animals, the ascended masters, the angels, you know, somebody, one of your ancestors, somebody that you loved in this life and that they passed over, ask for help, ask yes. for assistance. This will and then suddenly you'll be getting downloads. But more than anything, be gentle with yourself. Be tender with yourself. Like, take all the pressure off. Because half of why it's so torturous is our thoughts about yes. and our beliefs about what's wrong with you. And yeah, but what's going to happen? And I, you know, it, it's just, in fact, I had a client not that long ago who just was beginning to disconnect from reality because her soul was knocking on the door so hard. And she was clinging so hard to, well, I, you know, but I have to do this and I have to do that. And I, and I basically said, you know, what about my husband and what about my kids? And, and I basically said, well, I think it would be a lot worse for them if you end up dissociating and you end up in the psych ward and or you end up killing yourself because you will not accept the new self that's trying to be born. And just go to your husband and tell him what you're going through and from your heart, like honor your feelings enough to say, this is where I'm really at. And I, and I love you. And, you know, da, 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 da. And, and so I think we need to support ourselves. And I think we, you will be surprised at how support and healing and guidance will just flood in the minute you give yourself credit and you give yourself the benefit of the doubt and you stop beating yourself up for what's wrong with me and you realize what's right with me what's and look up things like ascension symptoms and you know there's all kinds of great sites out there jenny schiltz and all kinds of wonderful things that you'll find your own resources even just ask for guidance and then just start searching and and only go with what what feels right Mm-hmm. But to continue the fuzzy dice piece, so later in that piece, <laughs> there's, a, there's a point where, oh, uh, basically that it's saying, you know, hi, kid, you're just in time. Must be doing your homework. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, this job isn't easy. It's just different. Yes. Calls for a high tolerance of disorientation and ambiguity. Mm. ambiguity and disorientation yep if you blink and breathe involuntarily if you blink and breathe without thinking about it you've got the job so in other words many of us as starseeds we came to earth we were asleep for a long time often for decades suddenly our dna gets activated as is spoken of, by the way, in the brilliant, hilarious, easy read book called ET 101, ET 101, the Cosmic Instruction Manual, ET 101, by Diana Lupe, Diana and then L U P P I. And basically, in that, you're, you're having an awakening and you're transforming and so you came, you were wheeled into Troy like the Trojan horse to 
to embody human dysfunctional culture, to embody human dysfunctional family lineage in order to transmute it instead mm. of transmit the poison to, because you have what it takes to rewire the house from, right. the, from the inside and you are the house. Yes. But what, what you need to learn how to do, what we all need to learn how to do is to become, oh, how does it go? I have come to, another piece I have is I have come with bells on to tie the ribbons in you. I will, for the house is waiting across the stream. The house is waiting to hold the flames of you, the fire of you, the star seed of you, the fullness of you, the soul of you, the embodied soul of you without it burning down, without it burning down. So when you learn to hold your own fire without you burning down, but that's a process and we need baby steps into that. We need to honor, we need to rest. We need to be honest about what we're going through and we'll be surprised by the help that comes because in the birth canal process, the next lines in the piece are, here's a little humor <laughs> to lighten things, is at the cocktail party, they said, you can either keep standing there and get slowly picked away at by a number of us here with party forks. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure we can all relate to that one. Or you can simply go to the basement and jump into the mouth of the big whale that is down there. Ooh. Well, I opted for the whale, you know. You had to fight to get out when you were born and your head, your logic, got squeezed in everything. Think of the analogy. But you just knew you had to get out of there. You understood that during the birthing process, whether it's anxiety, depression, addiction, adversity, illness, the womb becomes a hostile environment. It's like the gills of the fetus, you know, are no longer gills. Like they're turning into lungs and they need air and they need to get the heck out of there. Right. You, know, you understood in the birth canal, it is not advisable to turn back. Your character in the journey, or sorry, your character in the movie mm. had just become the hero. It is, it is your moment of truth. The journey has begun. Mm. Trust that process. So beautiful. So powerful. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a broken record, but I can't emphasize <laughs> enough how, how it's so true. It's just, you know, for someone who's, you know, whose journey began several years ago, I, I resonate with all of that. And I wish I could convey it just as beautifully as you just did. It's so on the mark. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's, you know, there's so many things I cannot do and I have failed miserably at in this life. And, uh, to my surprise, after dreams crashing and burning, Swan came back, but only after I lived my my whole journey to fully yeah. understand the wisdom. And I'm still only now understanding some of the symbolic imagery and pieces I wrote decades ago. Yes. 
And, and that's so true. You know, I, I often tell people when they're surprised, when they hear something that's familiar in their record readings, I say that was not an accident. Like there is a reason why that was the way it was or the way that you felt or the way the thing that you bought or the thing that you did it all comes back around it's all connected oh yeah that was so powerful for me when you talked about me being the element of rain in one lifetime and and how that amazing you know that I've always in swan there at one whole piece is in is on the swan album is called the rainmaker mm-hmm so just incredible. So there you go. And I, there's no way I could have known that. No, <laughs> you know, no, that was no. There's all from spirit. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Taylor, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your journey and your story and being vulnerable with everyone and the valuable advice that you shared. Thank you a million times over. Um, the last question I have is how can people reach out to you and find you? Oh gosh, just my name, uh, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Jane, J-A-N-E, green, like the color, at, or sorry, uh, dot org, not com. <laughs> She's into the, <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Dot, dot org, O-R-G, Taylor mm-hmm. Jane, green, dot org. And uh, my phone number's there and my email, taylorjanegreen at hotmail.com. Uh, my phone and you're number- on Instagram and you're on TikTok. I might, yeah, I'm primarily on TikTok now. I'm, I, I, I am on Instagram at taylorjane.green, mm-hmm. taylorjane.green on both Instagram and TikTok. I'm really more going to TikTok now. I'll be doing stories on Instagram uh, primarily. Um, and that's, yep, I'm on there on TikTok. And, uh, basically if you can text me, you can call me. And of course, if you want to use the app signal or telegram or WhatsApp, I'm here. (laughs) And if you, (laughs) you are, you are reachable. (laughs) I am reachable. (laughs) Yeah. And if you just want to, uh, you know, a 10 minute call to see, how I work it, you know, is it what mm-hmm. you want or something? Uh, you know, I, we can, we can do that too. And, uh, right. yeah, I'm, yeah. It, the pricing and people can pay in installments and I try and make it as easy as possible. There's no tax. That's wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Taylor. And thank you everybody for joining us today. Um, we hope that and I just want to say to everyone out there, all the hearts that have been listening, if you had a moment of revelation or download or a sensation in your body in listening to this, this is you and we are your family and this is your story. And of course, you have a unique story. You're a unique human being and soul and starseed. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, and also thank you, Beck, for your your amazing spirit that you're bringing. I'm so glad that you are having a podcast and that you'll be reaching people with your incredible Akashic record reading. It's uh, It just helped me immensely spiritually to kind of reinforce and ignite and even introduce me to whole new aspects of the multidimensional reality we live in and to take even more seriously 
really important spiritual things that like for one being, you know, having been an elemental or that a cat spirit did come back and incarnated specifically to encourage me during a difficult lifetime. And I'd heard these things, but during your reading, it just became so much more uh, real and within me as a knowing. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you for saying that, Taylor. And I'm just so grateful to have been able to bring that to you um, and facilitate, uh, you know, those connections and and that um, validation. Um, That is uh, what I am here for. And I'm so glad that I was able to provide that for you. Actually, it was your guides provided that to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just... uh... They just flow right through you, and uh, it's amazing you how you receive that gift and uh, you're giving it, and it's uh, I think it's a huge piece of awakening for many. Thank and you I'm so, so glad much. you're doing uh, retreats in Sedona, especially. Yes, I'm very excited about this retreat. It's going to be in uh, February of 2022. We are already we're almost full. And we have everything locked and loaded and ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Lock and load. That's right. Lock and load. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Soul Prince. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed and wonderful week. Go. Go.